When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Oh, the WBCs is here! Let's do it! It's tonight, the Friday. You may be listening to this later. It doesn't matter. The WNBA season is started by the time you listen to this podcast. I'm Gabe Ibrahim. That is Calvin Wetzel. Welcome to the Her Hoop Stats podcast, uh, where we are going to be breaking down our most intriguing players this year, or at least some of our most intriguing players, or a list of intriguing players. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But we're just really excited to be here for the start of the WNBA season, and we have a very exciting announcement. Uh, We have a new betting platform. We're not really sure what the exact word is, but there's a new uh, betting wing of her hoop stats. It's called spread the floor. You may remember last year, we did some spread the floor shows at the end of the WNBA season. Calvin's been giving you picks all year and he's been kicking butt on those. So you got to listen to Calvin, but this is going to be your source for women's basketball picks and information. There's a new Twitter. It's at spread underscore the floor. So only one underscore, not two underscores. Uh, and then you, you'll be able to find a new YouTube channel and, and you'll be seeing a lot more of it. So don't worry about it. But Calvin, let me know what you're like. What are you excited to make these picks? Are you feeling pressure? What, what's up? All of the above. You know what I'm most excited for, though? You, Dano, the rest of the team, we're all going to be making picks now. It's not just oh, going to yes. be me. It's going to be a whole team. They're all going to be there. You'll be able to see which one of us made the pick. So if you want to bet on everyone else and fade Gabe, you can do that. Or it's probably a good move. Do, <laughs> that's what I'm the most pumped about. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to get a little competition going too. I mean, because I feel like the the percentage of people who are gonna like say like the picks are just based on a feeling. Like I'm definitely gonna lead in that category. Like, hey, I got a feeling. I got a feeling today. Mystic Mystics minus whatever. Um, so I think it'll be really fun, and and we're excited to do that. But we're gonna save that stuff when Daniel joins us after this podcast. Or that'll be on the Spread the Floor YouTube channel. This will be on the Her Hoop Stats normal YouTube channel because this is a Her Hoop Stats podcast. So make sure you subscribe here. 
Make sure you subscribe there. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter names will be under us uh, for the duration here because I've changed up the way we do things around here. But Calvin, let, let's get it started. Um, do you want to take your... Actually, no, yeah, you're, you're the guest here. Let's let's toss you a ball. Let's give you an ISO procession really quick. Give me your first most intriguing player that you'd like to talk about. Actually, right, well. how, whoa, whoa. how'd you define intriguing? I'm excited. I'm, I'm interested in that too. <laughs> That's good. Well, I define it differently for different ones of these yeah, players. So it's really tough. When we were texting about this for our listeners, Gabe told me intriguing is in the eye of the beholder. So <laughs> we probably both defined it differently as well. Yeah, we did. Uh, I defined it for basically players that I am very interested to see how they do this year, because I think they could do either a lot better or a lot worse than they did last year, or I just have no clue. They have a wide range of possibilities. I'm going to start out in okay. alphabetical order. I'm sure. just going to go with Ariel Atkins. Oh, me. I have her too. Damn. Her too. All right. Awesome. Cool. Well, go ahead. <laughs> I'm glad you let me go first then. So, so I didn't steal it from you. The other way around. But yeah, I, I look at Ariel Atkins. Obviously she got a lot of valuable experience the last year or two in terms of usage without Elena Deladon being on the court too much. She's still only 25. I mean, she's mm-hmm. at the beginning of her prime, probably still ascending. Um, she, you know, no Tina Charles now. They do have Elena Deladon back, but we know she's going to have some load management. I mean, she's not going to play in their second game. She's not going to travel with the team, uh, at least at the beginning. And Alicia Clark will be back at some point, not back yet as well. So Ariel Atkins, at least for times this season, is really going to be the alpha dog. You're going to be carrying the load. You know, that's not going to be the case in every game. But uh, I think we could even see, we saw a step up from her last year. She's been ascending every year. I think we could see another big step up this year. And, and I'm excited, too, to see how, you know, I don't know that much about Rui, to be honest, but yeah. I'm excited to see how, how she looks on the court. And I, th- I think these two could be, you know, a pair that plays really well together. So I think I had the same thought with the Mystics. Yeah, I was like toying, like, oh, do I go Ariel? Do I go Rui? I think both of them are super intriguing, super interesting. The reason I went with Ariel, though, is because I think intriguing has like an element of like impact. Like, I think Ariel Atkins, depending on how she develops a little bit more, because I, I, I agree with what you're saying. She's had these last two years. But it's been super, it's been kind of up and down, even though it's been good. Like her 2020 was statistically awesome. Uh, and 2021, similarly good, a little bit of a step back, but similarly good. So her development's been a little bit uneven. Like it's been games where it's like, oh, she is like there. She's she's already where she needs to be. And then there's times where it kind of took a step back. And and there, you know, there's times where I was like, hey, if she just did X, Y, or Z, it'd be perfect. And I think the X, Y, or Z that I kept coming back to, the one that was consistently something that she could work on was getting to the rim. And she's talked a lot about this so far in the offseason. So is Mike Tebow. So is the whole team, really. That if she can get more downhill, instead of like, she kind of fades into the, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the mid-rangers where she's kind of like off balance fading and she makes them at a decent enough clip. That's not a bad shot. But if she can get down to the rim more, I think it'd be huge. So only like, only 26% of her shots were in the paint last year. And only 7% of her total shots were in the restricted area. And then even when she got there, she was not shooting that well. So 64.5% of the restriction area, 41.7% from the paint. It wasn't that great. So I need her, if she can get to the rim and finish more, I think she does take that next step. And maybe she's even a superstar. Cause I think a lot of people see her, saw her destiny as a three and D before that 2020 season, when she really needed to step up. I think she can be a full offensive engine as this team goes forward. So this will be kind of the year that I hope we see, the makings of that superstar. 
Yeah, I love that you brought up all those stats because you are clearly, you clearly prepared more for this podcast than I did because <laughs> I had no stats for Ariel Atkins. But yeah, 7% at the rim feels like it's just not going to cut it for, for that prototype of player. If you're going to be that alpha scorer or even that, you know, number two to Elena Deladon when she's healthy and you're, you, it, you're not a three-level scorer if you're not scoring at the rim. That's one of the levels. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So she, and it also, it just opens up everything, right? Like as soon as she gets down there, there's going to be passing opportunities, especially if when this team is fully healthy, there's shooters all around there. And then there's everyone that can get downhill. You have cloud, you have uh, Heinz Allen. We'll see if how, how healthy Elena Deldon is. We'll see how healthy Alicia Clark is, but I, in an ideal world, if everything goes well, it'll be five out. Everyone gets to the rim and finish. I think Ariel is going to be really pushing that. So yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you picked her too. Uh, Cause I feel like she, I don't think she gets overlooked, but she doesn't get talked about as much just because she's kind of more quiet, um, especially with the way the seasons have gone for the Mystics since the championship. I, I think she hasn't quite gotten a- enough credit for, for the development that she's had. No, I agree. I think this might be the year where she finally starts getting talked about in that way. Yeah, yeah. And shouts to Ruri, though. Uh, did you, did you, have you seen any Ruri highlights? Uh, I've seen a couple. Yeah, not, not enough. I'm excited no. to see a lot more tonight, but. I, I'm excited. She like, I think she's gonna have a trap. If I had to pick, I wish this was a prop bet. If I had to, if I had a prop bet, I'd say she's gonna have one travel uh, today. Just because <laughs> like zero point five travels, or you yeah, yeah. under one point five, over zero point five, over zero point five. I think she'll have one because there's just like times where. So she's she's brilliant. She's like a brilliant basketball player, but she sees things like ahead of her teammates, and she can't she, she like can't communicate with them. Because uh, she doesn't speak English, so it's like yeah. she's like, "Oh, go there," and then like you know, my Shyans Allen has no idea what she wanted her to do, so it's like, yeah. "Oh, I'd travel." Um, so it happens sometimes, but I'm I'm excited for Ruri. I'm excited for Ariel. I hope this team is healthy, just for the, lo- the love of God, the love of God. Please make yes. the mystics healthy, please. Definitely. Uh, do you want to go on? Do you want to go on to our next one, or do you want to? Do you have anything else in the mystics? Uh, no, let's go on. Let's you take the next one. All right, my next one uh, is Dewana Bonner. In Connecticut, I had a couple of choices on Connecticut. I just think Connecticut's fascinating. Uh, they're the first. This is the first time we're going to see Bonner with the full strength sun for the entire season. Obviously, we saw that team together for four games last year. Four games where they lost to the Chicago Sky in the semifinals. So things did not go great in that very small sample size. This team should fit together, but I think someone's going to have to change. Someone needs to sacrifice because you have Alyssa Thomas, you have John Cole Jones, and you have Dewana Bonner. You could say, hey, Jasmine Thomas, Brianna uh, Jones, you two sacrifice, but they don't really have high usage to begin with. So that's not where you're getting it from. Bonner's usage in Connecticut both seasons has been very high. I mean, it was 27.3% in 2020, 23.9% in 2021. Her shooting dipped a little bit last year, but went up from three. So it's just like, you know, we've seen her be a perfect option when she, a perfect third option in uh, Phoenix with Griner and with Tarasi, which was great. But can she, can she be that player in an efficient role again? Does she want to be that player in an efficient role again? Like where does she see herself in the hierarchy of this team? Is that going to, how, how is Kirk going to manage all that? And then you have Courtney Williams coming off the bench and it's like, well, a lot of Bonner's uh, production in the past couple of years have been running with bench units and keeping those units afloat offensively. So now you're kind of taking that a little bit away from her too. So it's like, how do you get her enough touches so that she is being productive 
and, and can she be more efficient so that she doesn't need as many touches? So that's why I think Bonner is really, really interesting. I think she'll have a huge uh, part to play in the title race this year. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. She was the third option on that Mercury Championship team yes. a while back, right? Yes. She was, she was obviously that was a lot earlier in her career. But, yeah, that's a really good point. And, yeah, Courtney Williams, uh, as long as you bring her up, I'm just going to go to one of my next ones. Courtney Williams. Okay, I'm glad I didn't pick her because that was the one I had on on my top of my yeah. list. So yeah, I, I, I like that, that was a great segue. So let's do it. I love. I mean, first off, I share initials and a birthday with Courtney Williams. So I love Courtney. Williams. <laughs> yeah. Second off, I just picked her on my fantasy team last year because she told everyone to. I forget who tweeted. Some one of the reporters. Sorry, I'm not giving you credit. Talked to Courtney Williams. Asked her about fantasy. Fantasy. She said, "I have no clue anything about fantasy, but you all should pick me." So I did. <laughs> You're welcome, Courtney. <laughs> but also, I just think, I mean, she was a really big part of that 2019 almost championship team. They were, what were they, like tied with five minutes left in game five with the Mystics? They were close. Yep. And she was a huge part of that. She's a bucket. And when he, now when you look at this team, I mean, yeah, maybe she's going to be coming off the bench, you know, whatever. But the, that starting lineup that they had that year, they have the whole thing except for Shakina Strickland. But they also have Dewana Bonner. So it's. I mean, that's an upgrade, obviously. To me, this team is at least as good, probably better than that team that was minutes away from winning the championship. And Courtney Williams is a big reason why, bringing her off the bench. I feel like if we look at this team the last couple of years, maybe against the sky even in that series, some of the things that Courtney Williams brings almost feel like maybe what was the missing piece that maybe could have put them over the top. That, that energy and that swag and that just ability, whether it's off the bench or just at the guard spot rather than, you know, a big to just give the ball and, and go get a bucket. And so I think, uh, I think I love that the sun brought her back. I think this is where she belongs. And to me, I know we're not making where this is all about intriguing players, but I, I, my championship pick is the sun. And that's a big reason why. I, I like that. Um, I think so two things. So one thing you brought up that I was just was thinking about, I was like, so Shakina Strickland, obviously changing Shakina Strickland for Dewana Bonner, is a step up in talent. That's a hell of a fit when you had Strickland there at the three, four. You know, it depends on what was happening, but you know when she was when she was playing the three there, and you have Williams at the two, and then you you know it, it made a lot of sense. The reason why I think that 2019 Sun team made it to the championship is because they fit so well. It wasn't necessarily just because of their talent level; it was because they fit perfectly all together. And this team, that's why I say Dewan Bonner there and Courtney Williams is in the same category. Is like, does it all fit now again? Can they make that fit work? Because Dewan Bonner ain't standing in the corner waiting for threes. That's not her game. You know who else ain't doing that? Courtney Williams. Courtney Williams <laughs> is not waiting on the three point line to get it, to get threes. She'll get she'll wait to get the ball and then she'll do whatever she wants with it. So now, okay, is John Quill Jones gonna kind of like do you, who's the spacer? John Quill could be a spacer. Do you want her to be a spacer? I mean, Alyssa Thomas is not going to shoot. We've that's not happening. Alyssa Thomas is going to do exactly what she does. I there's no there's little intrigue. She's going to do exactly what she does. So it's how how do those players fit around her? Also, while we're here, um, is there any chance this year that Nia Cloudon takes a little bit of Courtney Williams minutes? Because I think you know, you want to know someone who can stay who can stand on the three point line and shoot threes? Nia Cloudon. She's a rookie. You can tell her whatever you can tell her whatever you want. She had three threes, I think, in their in their preseason game. Obviously, 
This is coming from the, the captain of the Nia Cloudon fan is, base. This is why I'm laughing if our listeners don't know, because Gabe Ibrahim is the president of the Nia Cloudon fan club. And I love that we got however long into this podcast. 14 minutes. 14 minutes. It was funny. I think, I think, uh, I think Nia's mom or someone wished me a happy birthday on YouTube the other day. So thank you guys. I, 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 love, I love you guys. I'm glad you guys like me too. Uh, as the president of the Nia Cloudon fan club, I'm like, okay, well, if things don't go well with Courtney, do they just turn to Nia as that backup guard? Because she she's not as she's not as tall and she's obviously not as experienced and she's not quite gonna be there in terms of getting a bucket like Courtney is. But she can stand on the three point line. She can space. So is, is there an opportunity for her to kind of play with those starters when they need that spacing? And then who and then who's gonna adjust as well? Like I mentioned, so I'm with you. I think this is a fascinating team. So you got you got Connecticut winning the championship. I do. And you know what? I think you're right, though, that the pieces may not fit quite as perfectly as they did in 2019. I think, though, obviously, to me, I mean, you have a little bit more talent than you had in that team, number one. Unlike last year, you have the time to sort of figure it out and make the pieces fit. Because last year, they kind of threw Alyssa Thomas in at the end, you know, to a team that had already gelled all year. And all of a sudden, it kind of threw everything off. Where this year, they're all there from the start, right? And when I look at this team compared to the 2019 team, I think it's a little bit deeper because of people like Nia Cloudon, number one, because some of those absences, you know, Alyssa Thomas last year, Jonathan mm-hmm. Jones, the year before that allowed Brianna Jones and players like that to get more experience. And so now they have that depth added as well. So, I mean, Kurt Miller loves to ride the starters. We know that, um, you know, it's not like they're going to go 11 deep or whatever, but I do think that this team is at least going to get a little bit more production from the bench than the 2019 team, or really, I think probably any of the last three Connecticut Sun teams will. And I think that's going to be big, you know, all season long. So to me, there's some, when I look at the 2019 team compared to this team, like this team has some advantages that outweigh the puzzle pieces, if you will, that I think are going to put this team over the top. And the other advantage is that this team probably isn't playing in the same season as the best offense in league right. history. Like that team. Was. Well, so we, we don't know that yet. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. We don't know, but I'm not sure if I see it. <laughs> I, I don't see it. Yes. Currently, if we had to pick, I would say, no, no one's going to be quite as good on offense as those, as those no. mystics were. Um, yeah. No, I think that's a really good point about their depth. I just wonder, like they may just be a little bit worse on in the regular season, just because I, well, I hope, uh, well, I hope they're not worse. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to say. I hope they experiment a little bit more. And I hope they do take the time to rest a little bit more in the regular season because this team's playoff. It, they, they don't need to prove anything. They don't need the first, like, forget the disrespect thing. Like, just forget the first number one seed. Like, you don't need that. What you need to do is be ready and healthy and, and together in the playoffs and have it all figured out perfectly. So hopefully they, they kind of take that time to experiment, to rest in the regular season whereas they haven't done it in the last few seasons and, and hopefully they stay healthy because well, it's going to be really fun. Yeah. This is a great year to start doing that too, because with the new playoff format, the one and the two seed aren't a big deal in the last few years. Mm-hmm. If you're, I mean, if, once you get well, the one seed locked up, you should rest, but you really, really shouldn't be coasting if you're on the border of the two, three line and the way the old playoff format was, because that double buy is massive. The way the new playoff format is who cares if you drop from two to three, it's like the same thing. Yeah. So if they're right there, I mean, yeah, chill out in the last month. Who cares? Just get into the playoffs and then go to work. Yeah, I wonder how important um, home court advantage will be, though, in the playoffs, too, because I don't know. I feel like there is a there is a big um, 
I think I think there's a big uh, emphasis on not traveling in the playoffs. Uh, I feel like you'd rather have that, but I don't know. I don't know if you're going to kill yourself over it. Yeah, well, this is a little tangent, but while we're on this, I yeah. cannot wait to see the first team this year because it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. The first team this year who is the worst seed but still gets to host a single elimination game because of the way they set up the first round. Do you remember how they did that? So the no. first round is three games and the better seeds. Oh. Eight. The one yeah. seed hosts the first two. And if they split, the eight seed would host game three. And I don't know if it's going to happen in the one verse eight, but it's going to happen somewhere. Maybe the three verse six. I don't know. One of those worst seeds is going to host a single elimination game. Oh, God. And I can't wait to see that. People are going to be so mad. It's going to be mad for them. But it'll be, as a neutral fan, it'll be exciting. The thing is with, with the three. Dumb, with the three-game series, though, like, how else are you going to do it? Yeah, I mean, you could travel twice, I guess. But obviously, they don't want to do that. The other thing, I don't know. Well, all right, let me ask you this. If you don't want to travel twice, that means the worst seed has to host game one or game three. Yes. Or it, I technically, you could just give the better seed home for all three games, I guess. Which one Which one do, would you think or let's say if you're the better seed if you got to choose would you rather go on the road for game one or game three in the three game series all right if i'm the team or if i'm the organization because the organization makes the choice and the reason why this is happening is because the team wants two straight games of two guaranteed games of ticket revenue and in, in my estimation that's why if i was an owner i would say hey we're not doing you gotta give us the two games because we get gate receipts on those two games so, like, if I'm if I'm the organization, I'm saying, absolutely not. We have those two games. Whatever. If we get to game three, if we're that much better, we're going to win. But I think if I'm the team, I care mostly about winning. I think I'd still rather have this. If I can't travel twice, so we can't travel to game two. Um, and I don't think I would, as the team, I would think I would rather travel to game two because then that's two days. Like, I don't, the traveling twice thing in the WNBA is really tough. So, yeah, I think this is the best way to do it because it's like, well, if we're that good, we can beat that team twice in a row, right? And then and then we're okay. Um, if we're not that good, then we'll, well, we got to win one on the road. So, yeah, I think yeah. I'd rather have the, the game three be our road game. That's a good point. So, however, so when I just brought up the, the whole idea of playing all three games at home, if you have to, I had never said that out loud before. That was, and I just heard myself say it, and I just realized – why aren't we doing that? Because you took away some advantages from the top teams by taking away their buys when you move to mm -hmm. this format. So why don't we at least compensate a little bit and give them some advantage back by just giving them all three games at home in the first round? Then you don't have any travel at all. And if you're the eight seed, like you can complain like, oh, we don't get to play at home. But also like you're the eight seed out of 12, you're under 500 kind of generous to let you in the playoffs to be honest like what other league <laughs> you're lucky to be here seriously though what other league lets two-thirds of their teams into the playoffs like not even the nba does that it's over half but like i you know i mean i guess it's different for the four versus five but i don't know that to me honestly now that i am first thinking about it that seems like a viable option for the first round not for like the finals or whatever both teams got a host once you get beat but in the first round why not play them all at one site so, well, I think it's a, for the eight seed. I'm with you, whatever you shouldn't like re realistically, like you're just here. 
yeah. the five seed though, like that, I would have a big problem with that on the five seed, right? Because like, well, we we did pretty good this season. Like we're pretty middle of the pack. Like, you know, we're gonna because it, it goes one eight two. Am I getting this right? One eight two seven three six four yeah. five. Right. Yep. So the four five, like, I, I think it's get a little messed up. To say hey, five seed, you gotta go win. You gotta win two or three games on the road. Um, and then also from the from the ownership perspective, the people actually making these decisions, like I want one potential game of gate receipts if we make it there, especially if it's the elimination one, like that's going to be a big game for us. Um, so I think those would be the problems with it. It's just like it, it punishes too much to see the five and the six seeds in that first round because I think they do deserve a chance. You know, if we're saying that home court advantage means a lot, then they deserve a chance to win. If they get if they get a split in those first two games, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe we just need five or seven game series all the way through. Five game series are perfect. I, I yeah. wish the NBA would go back to that uh, in the first round because there's a lot more like randomness involved. But I think a five game series is perfect because we yeah. go where are we going. We're going three, three in the first round, then five the rest of the way. I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So so if we just went five in the first round, I think that would solve this whole problem that we are talking about just do two, two, one, right? Yeah. Just do two, two, one. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, um, I understand why I did it like that, but I, I do, I do kind of feel bad for the, for the, the, the one seed who, Hey, we don't have X, Y, or Z player in game one. Now we got to go win a game three on the road. Yeah. That's, that's going to happen. And everyone Twitter is going to lie about it. And I, I'm kind of excited to sit back. And- <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for that too. Uh, that's a, that's our tangent on the playoff discussion. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have that again and again and again and yeah. again, many, many times here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Uh, maybe not on Spread the Floor. I don't know. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about on Spread the Floor. Do you want to go to your – so you just we did Courtney Williams. We did uh, – we both had Ariel Atkins. Then we <laughs> did the Connecticut Sun duo that we both pretty much had. So who – give, give me uh, give me a third one. All right. Uh, so I have talked about this one on like three different places already. So if anyone's been reading and watching my stuff, you're just sorry. You're probably gonna be bored after repeating <laughs> myself. But I am big on Steph Dolson this mm-hmm. year. Maybe a little bit of sky bias talking. Um, I think she's gonna fit in great with the Liberty. She's obviously one of, if not the best screener in the league, which was a big deal when you played with Courtney Vandersloot. Mm-hmm. and all those pick and rolls. And I think it's going to be a big deal when she plays with Sabrina Ionescu and all those pick and rolls. I think Sabrina could take that next step and have similar success playing with Steph Dolson. Of course, she can pick and pop. She can hit the three. Uh, she brings, she, she, I think she's underrated. Like we talk about, I think, what is she, 29, 30? She's in her prime. Yep. She has championship. She's a two-time all-star. Obviously, she won with the Sky. She also has championship experience at the EuroLeague level at the college level. I think what she brings just in terms of intangibles and in terms of on the court is really, really valuable. I don't know if we talk about it enough. And I think it's a huge, I mean, we, there was all this discussion over the off season, like, Oh, the Liberty, maybe they're going to go sign Brianna Stewart or whatever. Maybe they're going to bring in these like huge splashy names and they didn't. Right. But to me, the one that they did bring in is kind of a big deal. Still, it's obviously not Brianna Stewart is nowhere close. But it's still something that is going to help them take that next step, I think. Last year, they were kind of a, no disrespect, but a pseudo playoff team. Yeah. They were the eight seed. They were the, I think if I remember correctly, they were the worst winning percentage to ever get in the playoffs in the league history. Is that right? 
I believe they were. Okay. This year, I think they're going to be a legitimate playoff team, a playoff team that does not break records for the worst playoff team ever. To be fair to them, though, they almost won a playoff game. They played really well in that playoff game. So anything can happen in single elimination. That's why they got rid of it. But to me, the Liberty are going to take that next step this year and, you know, be, I don't know what they'll be, five, six, seven, but uh, middle of the pack, around 500. I don't know what they were last year, 12 and 20, something like that. I think Steph Dolson is going to help them take that next step. I am with you on Steph Dolson. I mean, I'm I'm Steph Dolson. uh, I had to be an apologist for a while because I was working with someone who really did not like Steph Dolson. But Purple Hire Steph Dolson at Washington was awesome. Uh, Steph Dolson with non-purple streaks in her hair in Chicago was awesome. One of the best screeners in the league, like you're saying. I, I'm with you. I think she fits perfectly into what uh, New York needs, both you know from that pick-and-roll perspective, but also just from a connector perspective. Like They didn't have a center who really like understood how to move the ball, and that, that's no shade to their centers. It just like the centers that they had didn't work out there. And I don't think Natasha Howard is best as a center, especially if what she wants to do with her career. And I think what kind of they want to see from her, I think she's probably best at the four. Um, so I think, you know, Dolson setting screens, not only for Sabrina is huge, but just with all the ball handlers, because it'll pretty much be Dolson and then four ball handlers with Laney, with Wickham, with Howard, and, and just being able to connect those players and to make the movements work and to bail them out. Um, you know, with, with like flashes to the three point line when Sabrina gets caught at the nail, right? Like those, those are kind of things that little things that are going to be really huge for what she's doing for them. I think also they needed her to just kind of you know, prevent people from killing them in the post. Um, Cause it happened a lot last year and she's big enough. She's not the best, she's not the, like the best center defender in the league, but she is certainly capable and better than what they had um, at center. So I think she, I'm with you. I think she's going to be really intriguing um do you think this team's gonna be better this year i i think they could be i'm just a little i think last year had the same problem it's like well who are they gonna jump um i I just don't i don't i don't know if they get much higher in the uh in the hierarchy here in the WNBA. that's a good point because some of the teams right ahead of them got better or at least didn't get worse Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i mean Let's see. So the wings were seventh. I could see them jumping the wings, to be honest. I mean, yeah. the wings, in theory, are getting better because they're all young. They're all like 22, and 22-year-olds should always be getting better. <laughs> but from a roster perspective, did the wings get really better? No. Sure. Well, we'll, time, we'll save the wings for a sec. I got the wings. Don't worry. All right. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. I think, I think the wings improvement has to come from young people, talent improving. I don't, I don't know if it came from roster improvement. I, I could also just see the league being more uh, close together. I don't know what more, a little bit more parity this year. The sun were like so dominant last mm-hmm. year. And then you had your teams at the bottom, like the fever for a while, the, the fever kind of, and you know had a mediocre stretch but for most of the year they were just bad and i could see everyone being a little bit close together to the point where the eight seed this year even if the liberty stay in eighth they're still the record is a lot better than what they were last year you know what i mean yes no i i think that too the other the other problem i had was like was los angeles gonna be better they got the the roster got better i'm not sure if they're (laughs) no i'm not I'm not very high on that. <laughs> I'm very skeptical. I have another player on my list. If we have time, we may we may talk about it. Kennedy Carter. <laughs> um, but like, you know, just like a, just a little skeptical there. Um, 
I'm, I'm skeptical. I think with Dallas too, same thing. I think Dallas though, like, right. You're right. Like 22 year olds should get better. So they should get better. Um, right. So I'm not sure they're going to jump there. Maybe Phoenix takes a step back. Maybe Minnesota takes a step back. Uh, if they, if they suffer some more injuries, I mean, their, their injury report today, as we'll talk about and spread the floor is um, rough to say the least. So, and then Washington too, it's like, well, Washington, if Atlanta Aldon's not healthy, if Felicia Clark's not ready, well, like it, those are the teams they could jump. I just don't know if they will do it because I thought they could do that last year and they kind of didn't um, outside of Washington. Yeah. They jumped Washington. Um, so I'm excited about New York. The other, I, had, I, had, I had Sammy Whitcomb on my list just because she's kind of the backup point guard at the moment. AD <laughs> it is, on the, is on the roster. Um, I'm not sure how, how ready they are to contribute right now, uh, considering two years off. Uh, with with COVID and, and you know we hope AD is doing great. It's, it's great to see them on the roster, but I'm not sure they are ready to contribute at that level. So really, Sammy Whitcomb's going to be the backup point guard, and she was uh, Sandy Rondella's point guard in Australia. So I, I think it's super interesting to think of Sammy Whitcomb point guard rather than Sammy Whitcomb three point specialist. Uh, that those are that's a really intriguing possibility. But I'm with you. I think Steph Dolson's probably the most intriguing player there in in New York. Very, very fascinating team. I'll take the Amtrak up there a couple of times to check them out. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up AD too real quick because I think, uh, I mean, that could be a reason why I think New York jumps because I don't think any of us are expecting any, you know, significant contributions out of someone who hasn't played basketball in two years, but they obviously are very, very good at basketball. Oh, yeah. And if they can even get, you know, a fraction of that talent back, I mean, that's just something that the New York could have above and beyond what, what anyone really is giving them credit for coming into the season. If you get, if you get even, you know, half of what we expected out of AD when she came out of college, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And, and then when um, you also got, yeah, you're a weird team, man. Like Kanju is here. Uh, Lorella Kubai is here. Like a lot of players who are, who can get really good and contribute or may not be anything right. Like there's, Lot, lots of question marks, but a lot, lots of upside in New York, which we've been saying for years. We've been saying it for years. I hope it, I hope it turns around at some point, or they get Brianna Stewart next year, so we don't have to talk about their potential anymore. <laughs> um, all right, let's go. Let's go to Dallas. So as I mentioned, Dallas is is on my list uh, because of Satu Sabli. Um, I think she is intriguing, and she's not. She's not here, I believe. Right? She's still in Fenerbahce. I believe that is correct. I uh, believe so. Although they don't play today, do they? So they're not. No, they're I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't have their injury report yet. Uh, regardless, I think Satu is super interesting because if she is healthy, this playoff race at the at that you know basically from that five to eight range changes completely. Satu Sabli healthy makes the Dallas Wings into a competitor for those spots because Euro, European Sabli has been enthralling, amazing, exhilarating. WNBA Sobley has only shown flashes, but that's really due to the injuries, right? Only 16 games in 2020, 17 games in 2021. If she's kind of the superstar that we thought she she would be when they when they picked her, um, then this team is cooking with gas. I mean, I think this team is ready to start con- contending for a playoff spot. Uh, now with Enrique, and, and then they kind of can, you know, say, okay, hey, we're building around these two for sure. These are our two for sure. 
Whereas I think they only really have a one for sure right now in Enrique Gumbawala in terms of franchise cornerstones. So if she is healthy, I think Dallas is a pretty good squad. I think they can compete with those other teams that we were mentioning in New York, the Minnesota, the Phoenix, the Washington. But it's only if Sobley is healthy and only if Sobley has developed to the point where she can be that star player that we all envision. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she was an all-star last year, right? She snuck in because most of her health came in, you know, earlier in mm-hmm. the season. But so obviously she's capable of play. Her ceiling is definitely at least at that level. And, and if she gets to that level, you're right. The wings are cooking with gas because once you have those two franchise mm-hmm. cornerstones, now you can start thinking about how do we build our roster to add, you know, whether it's go out and get a free agent or whatever you need to do to add that one more piece to put yourself into that top tier, that top four, you're at that point, you're really only one piece away. Once you have those two pieces um, and the wings have kind of been in that middle tier for a couple of years, sneaking up from that bottom tier into the playoffs last year. But if Satu can take that step, I, th- I think they're right there to, to jumping into well into the top half of the league, maybe in 2023. Well, it's also going to be interesting how they use her, um, especially with Tierra McCowan there. Just like so, Sabley seems projects to be a little bit more perimeter focused than I think maybe she has been in the past because their centers in the past have been a little bit like Harrison has been a little bit more uh, playing from the outside. I think they brought in Awa Kuyir to kind of be a center like that that could play on the outside. But now with McCowan patrolling the middle, a that takes off some defensive burden if McCowan can do that, which I'm a little dubious of. But if and also on the offensive end, same thing. I, I'm a little dubious of McCowan's skills offensively. But if she is the good McCown that we saw in Indiana at times, well, it's a really big offensive presence down low that opens a lot of things up for Sabali, for Enrique, for Alicia Gray, for all these players that can attack off the bounce. And hopefully Sabali can shoot because that has not been uh, something that she's been able to do in the WNBA. I would like to chalk that up to injuries, but it, the, the shot hasn't quite been there. Um, you know, I'm going to look it up. So 32% from three last year. 19% in 2020, which I'm just going to flat out ignore. But <laughs> that was the bubble season. We can toss that out the window. No, that's fine. And her, and her rookie year, like we can Both just shoot that to the side. Um, you know, so where, where is she in terms of, of the shooting? Um, can she finish with a big down lower? Does she need to get all the way to the rim? Because McCallum's going to bring someone to the rim. There's going to be someone at the rim. Um, depends on, on on what they can do about that and, and she can get those little dump offs to McCowan down low so I think Sobley really changes things if she's what we think she is and hopefully she's at oh god I'm so tired of saying hopefully she's healthy um hopefully she's healthy but that's 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 what I got on Dallas do you have do you, do you have general thoughts on the wings yeah well I you brought up Tara McCowan I feel like She's an interesting player to me because I feel like the narrative around her is always filled with like ifs and if right. this and if that. But I'm not sure if I understand the ifs because to me, I feel like Tierra McCown is one of those players who we kind of should just accept that we know what she is. And right. she's not really like average at very many things. She's either like exceptional at things or just mm-hmm. terrible at them. Like obviously she's not a shooter and I don't think she's ever going to be a shooter. She's like an exceptional, you know, paint presence, rebounder, et cetera. And that's, she's always going to bring that because she's six, seven. And uh, just that's, that's what she is. That's what you get. And if that's, if you're okay with bringing someone to the rim, like you said, 
then you make that sacrifice and you get a lot of positives out of Tierra McCallum too. I think she can contribute in a lot of valuable ways, but you have to be okay with, you know, what you're not going to get because what you're not going to get is you never are going to get it. Yeah. You know, she, she ain't stepping back folks right. <laughs> ever. That's not happening. And I think the- talk about that with a lot of players like, Oh, maybe they can expand the range at some point, you know, like that's not going to happen. So just accept it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, as long as she can finish around the rim, I think it's fine. Because I, I think Arike is really good at that dump off, like flying into the lane, paint touch, dump off to the center in the dunker spot. Like that that's what Arike can do. Um, also, just for the record, Satu, both Satu and Tierra will not be with the wings to start the season. So we're, we're going to have to wait a little bit until the Turkish season is done um, to, to see both of them in action. But just want to get that out there. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think that's a very good point. I'm accounting like, we don't have to expect her to change. She's going to be what she is. Just want her to be a little bit more efficient at the things that she is. And I want her, I, I do want to see a little bit more um, activity defensively. You know, she's not going to be someone that you can switch. Um, you're going to have to play drop. But well, I don't think, I think this roster kind of works with the center that plays drop as long as she's really, really protecting the rim, which has been an up and down process in Indiana at least. But in Indiana, also less perimeter um guard talent for the most part in her tenure there yeah well you said more efficient i would add more consistent yeah, well, i guess consistent yeah yeah because if, if she can she has protected the rim at times and she has finished at the rim at times and there's, there's been times when she just flat out didn't and if she can consistently do those two things then you're fine that's what you need out of her i i agree do we have uh do you have any other players on your list yeah. I got one more. I'm going to scroll my notes here. I got, I got Jess Shepard from the Minnesota Lynx. Fascinating. Tell me why. Is intriguing and fascinating to me because, well, first off, the Lynx cut like their whole roster. So she's one of like three (laughs) players that they have left. Um, But in all seriousness, you know, without Nafisa Collier, I think she's going to be relied upon more. She's one of the best passing bigs in the league. And, you know, due to injuries and other things, we haven't really seen necessarily her full potential yet, I think. And I think, you know, playing with, uh, especially probably, I would assume, getting more minutes, more volume, at least while Collier is out, uh, playing with players like Kayla McBride, players like Ariel Powers. Uh, I think that, you know, and whoever else the Lynx have left, um, <laughs> I think, you know, maybe some high lows with Sill. I think uh, could really fit with the links and I losing Collier is a big deal. Uh, so I'm not sure what to expect out of the links, you know, but I think if the links, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if the links end up being still hovering around like that three, four, five, you know, even without Collier for long stretches and we look back and think like, wow, how did they do that? The answer is going to be because just Shepard stepped up. I think yeah they will need her to step up in order to maintain any semblance of the level of play that they, we've seen from in the last few years. Well, and again, please stay healthy, Jess Shepard. Um, yeah. I, I, so I, I, I think the links are going to be there. I'm just like kind of over like saying like, Oh, Oh, this is the year. They don't have enough. It's like, they have Reeve, they have fouls. Like it'll be fun. They, they will figure out a way to at least remain in that middle of the pack group. Um, Jess Shepard to me though I am a little worried about the the weight 
that's going to be on her shoulders. Um, you know, this is a player who she played six games in, in 2019, 22 games last year. Um, and she did not, you know, I, I'm not just, I'm just not sure how much she can scale up because we're talking about her scaling up to being, you know, I don't know if it's a starter. Let me, let me see what I have on their depth chart, but like it, at least in game one, believe she is the starting power forward unless they're starting a Chanwa and Fowles. No, they only have five players for game one, right? It feels yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. So their, their injury report, Collier, obviously not with the team because she's pregnant. Congratulations on the piece of Collier. That's awesome. Um, uh, but Demir Stantis out with the foot. Kayla McBride still in Turkey. Angel McCautry is not with the team. According, I think that's probably a typo. I think she's, I mean, I saw her play the other day in the, in the preseason. Um, but, you know, she's resting with the right knee, essentially. So in this first game, Jess Shepard is the starting power forward. How many players do they actually have for this first game? How many bodies? Uh, well, it depends. They may sign people. They, they, I mean, they're eligible for <laughs> a hardship. But they have Odyssey Sims, Ariel Powers, Sylvia Fowles, Rachel Bannum, so that's four, Carlton, that's five, Shepard, that's six, and Achanwa. Achanwa's on the injury report. Yeah, Achanwa, that's seven. So we've we got seven players. Seven. Yes. Mm. So we're all playing. We're all playing minutes. That is more. That is more than the uh, the the Mystics had to play. The Sun on national TV was six players last year. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was. It was. It was really really funny. The the layup line was uh, very funny. Sad but oh, funny. It's like it's like those rec leagues or college intramurals, <laughs> and like everyone's like, oh, everyone has night class on the same night. Like, oh, can we get like some random person to sub? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Pick up, pick up anybody. It's when uh, that's when I got into our frat games because everyone <laughs> was too hungover. Um, yeah, man, Minnesota is gonna be. I just think they're gonna they're gonna find a way to get to the playoffs. I just think it's gonna happen. Yeah, um, no question, no question. But I think you're right. I think Jeff Shepard has to really scale up and and figure out how to stay healthy, how to contribute on a consistent basis here. Um, if not, they're gonna have to go to the waiver wire and hope they pick up another. Alicia Clarendon, who they cut unceremoniously just now uh, to start the season, even though she was a huge part of what they were doing last year. I, I understand that she's hurt, but it's like, okay, this is weird now. We're, we're at a point where it's like, this is all very weird and strange. And do how much should we trust Cheryl Reeve, the GM? It's a good question because <laughs> it's not always easy to separate for her or for anyone else, James Wade, whoever else, Tebow, their contributions as a GM and as a coach, you know, and especially when it comes to, I mean, you can easily watch someone drop a game-winning play like the hammer from James Wade and be like, all right, that was James Wade, the coach, X's mm-hmm. notes. That's pretty easy. But when it comes to, you know, some player like Nafisa Collier getting drafted sixth and then wins rookie of the year, right? Crystal Dangerfield drafted, what was it, 14th? Yep. Uh, yep. Sometimes it's hard, at least for me, maybe I'm just like not smart to look, okay, was that Cheryl Reeve, the GM, making a really good draft pick? Was that Cheryl Reeve, the coach, being really good at player development and taking someone who was drafted low and developing them into a good player? And honestly, I don't know the answer. That's a cop out, but I don't know. I don't know which one is the answer on that. So I trust Cheryl Reeve overall for sure. And you're right that like, I think the Lynx could walk into the playoffs in their sleep. I think, 
I don't think they need anything from Jess Shepard to get to the playoffs. Because like we said, eight out of 12, that's a lot well, of teams. They need her to be a warm body and not a cold body. Right, right. They need, they need a human being and she's yeah. a human being. They need a pulse. <laughs> I do think they need something out of Jess Shepard in order to be, I don't know, top four, for example, which is where they've been in recent years. But so I, I trust Sherwood completely overall to get their team to that point. I just don't know which version GM or coach of Cheryl Reeve is the one who's really more responsible for that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, um, it's a little column A, a little column B, right? Like I think she finds player, she finds players in the draft who she can develop. Um, but also like Crystal Dangerfield, right? Like that just turned out to be a really good pick and now she's not on the team anymore. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like we gave, we gave the Minnesota a lot of credit, but it's like, for, the, for her winning the uh, rookie of the year in the bubble. But it turns out it was just Crystal Dangerfield was doing what Crystal Dangerfield does. And actually, Cheryl Reeve doesn't really like that or trust it. Um, so she moved, she moved on. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I, I trust, I trust Reeve because look, it's hard to be even consistently middle of the pack with all of the injuries and issues that they face. Um, especially since my more semi-retired pseudo retired i'm not sure how we define it but it, it's they, they've re they've been pretty good and they've had chances to contend for a title despite losing you know top five top two player in WNBA history not a lot of teams can say that even when you look across the sport if, if you look at the nba it's very rare to see a team lose a player that's good. That's that good. And lose a core as good as what they had and still be contending for titles in the years after that. Um, so I, I think we should give a little bit more rope to, to Cheryl Reeve, the GM, but Cheryl Reeve, the coach has certainly been doing an amazing job. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Cheryl Reeve, the GM is just hurting Cheryl Reeve, the coach, but Cheryl Reeve, the coach is so good. I should just get <laughs> over it. <laughs> I can get over my, my other mistakes. Um, okay. So I'm, I have other players here. I'll just tell, I'll just tell you, you, you tell me which road we want to go down. So choose your own adventure. Uh, Ezzy Magbegor, very interested in her. Kennedy Carter, fascinating, intriguing player in, a, in an intriguing situation. And Tiffany Hayes, those would be the last three on my list I haven't gotten to. Which, uh, which one do we want to go down the path with? All right, I have Ezzy Magbor on my fantasy team, so I'm going to choose her as my adventure. Okay, let's let's do it because uh, speaking of pre- people that need to scale up, people that need to step up um, for their this team's ultimate goal, Seattle's ultimate goal is to win a championship. They have Brianna Stewart, and they need to make her happy this year because she's Mercedes Russell is out right now too. That's the big thing. So Mercedes Russell's out for three to five weeks with a mysterious injury that we have not. I don't think we've gotten any clarification. A non-basketball injury is all that I've seen. Well, you know, I I suffer non-basketball injuries getting out of bed. So (laughs) I don't really know what the hell that means. Uh, But with Ezzy, I don't know if she can scale up her um, offensive production. I don't know what she needs to do offensively, really, to to be able to do what Mercedes does. Um, I think she's developed nicely, hasn't really taken a huge step, but she's like 22 23 now she's very young still super young so i think the defense has been there but she needs to get better on that side she needs to scale up her offense and she needs to be able to fit with 
the the players around her, uh, namely Brianna Stewart, and and figure out exactly what to do to support Stewie and make sure that I mean I hope she got a little bit bigger. Uh, you know I hope she got a little bit stronger because she she was a little thin coming into the league. Um, and I think she's a little thin last year. So if she can get stronger, maybe she can turn into Natasha Howard in a way. In a way. I'm not sure if she's going to be that good. But if she can turn into that that player that can be kind of a, a depot-esque player, an all-defense candidate, while also providing enough offense to keep the team afloat, well, then here we, we have a championship contender. I think we have a championship contender. So that's why I'm intrigued by Ezzy because I need her to be a, uh, that good in order for this team to be where I think they're going to be. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, there are those players in the league who just make a career out of being really good in not a lot of minutes. Right. And as soon as they're asked to take on a bigger role, whether it's just purely from a minutes perspective or from a, or whether it's from a, usage perspective on offense or whether it's you know defensively being asked to uh you know go from maybe hiding on defense to guarding the other team's best player guarding a lot more ball screens whatever the case is there are some of those players who as soon as their role changes they just fall off a cliff and her role is going to have to change especially early on without mercedes russell so they're going to need her to be to continue that production like you said in this different and especially bigger role yeah no, so we'll we'll see. I mean, I think it'll be okay, right? Because they have uh they have Brianna Stewart and Super and Drew Lloyd. So when you got those three, makes a lot of things easier on on the rest of your program, uh slash franchise slash player. pretty high floor with those three on the court. Yeah, that's what I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be up there. We'll see if they can. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they're if they're healthy, they're gonna. It's the uh, it's the old Boston Celtics thing. Like when those three have been healthy and starting, they've never want, lost the playoff series. We're mm-hmm. getting into that territory. Uh, I think Kevin Pelton brought that up. It's like, yeah, they've, they, if, when those three are healthy, they win all their playoff series. So if those three are healthy, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with them being good enough to win every single playoff series they're in. Um, so that's our intrigue, I think. Uh, any Anything else on any players? No, I think uh... – I think we covered it. We didn't cover it, actually. Well, we could talk for hours, but I think in terms of the time limit that we have, I think we covered it. Yeah, yeah. Within we're we're, we're actually going to be under the wire. We're going to get it under an hour, folks. Well, I don't know. That. We'll see. We're still at fifty-two minutes. We can come up with something for eight minutes. Have you didn't watch <laughs> Doctor Strange? Did you? I did not. Last night. Okay, I came out yesterday, so that's fine. It was an awesome movie. Anybody, if you want to go watch it, um, and then we could also make more picks, but we will do that on Spread the Floor. So make sure you go over there. Um, do we want to do any like futures picks though? Like, have you had any futures stuff out? Yeah, I, uh, I kind of already mentioned on off here yeah. a little bit, but I picked the sun as my championship winner and I've seen them as high as plus 400. I forget oh. if that's FanDuel or DraftKings, one of those two. Uh, so I like that one as sort of a, more of a favorite type of future. And then I already talked about being high on the Liberty. If you want a really long shot, don't put very much money on this one. If you want to put like a little bit on a long shot, I like the Liberty at plus 3,000. Uh, oh, wow. Everybody as well. What the Mystics had a good odds the last time I checked. It was a plus, plus uh, 1,500. I think they're, uh, I feel like I've seen them at plus, let me, you know what? I have the tabs open right now. Let me pull them up. Uh, I feel like I've seen them at plus 1,800 or even plus 2,000. They were plus 3,000. On uh, the day of the draft lottery, 
and that did not change. Oh, you're right. FanDuel has them at plus 1,500. They keep moving. Wow. So I took them at plus 3,000 because you know how sports books are. Yeah. They don't update right away. So as soon as I got the number one pick, it took like hours or even like a day for some of these books to update the odds. I took them at plus 3,000. FanDuel has them at plus 1,500. Let's see. Where it is? DraftKings. DraftKings has... The Mystics at plus 1,800. All right, yeah, that's still pretty good. Honestly, as long as if, – if Clark comes back strong soon enough and Elena Deladon can stay healthy and between her load management and whatever, you know, play enough games to keep them afloat in the regular season but also stay fresh enough for the playoffs, yeah, definitely. I like plus 1,800 still. I, I like that a lot. Uh, I also took this morning just on a lark um, the Wings plus – 200 to make the playoffs i was like oh, yeah i saw that those. one on FanDuel. yeah that was FanDuel on FanDuel. is the only book that has those odds to make of teams to make the playoffs so i i like that too wins at plus 200 yeah because what like we were talking about when we we're talking about sobley is like i don't know there's a lot of teams that could falter in front of them and i think they're they're good as long as they're healthy and and developing so yeah. um no i didn't mention veronica burton shout out to veronica burton excited for you there i think she's gonna get a lot of playing time yeah um uh, i hope she does well yeah i hope she does well too although i, I, I still think the cloud and i would have taken her first back out at 55 minutes second 55 minutes all second right real quick to wrap up what's up to see if maybe we can get to an hour or not maybe i'll ramble so <laughs> we're the only reason we're hopping off in an hour is because we're about to go record the spread the floor show where we're going to make picks really quick want to plug spread the floor because pick we posted on there earlier mystics minus six and a half it was at one book it was minus seven and a half at all the other books i'm looking at it now it's minus nine on DraftKings. wow and i'm let's see on points bet it's minus nine yep so that's been moving so if you followed spread the floor and got that pick in right away you already got some good closing line value on that pick so go follow it we'll talk about it more on our next show we're about to record on the spread the floor youtube channel but we will be doing those all season long so go follow it Hot take. This is not going to be my pick on spread the floor, but Indiana plus nine. They're going to come out. They're going to, they're going to come out firing. I don't know what they're going to be firing, but they will come out firing. They'll be very excited because it's everyone's first WNBA game on the damn team. Um, True. True. It's a college team and they have no idea. They don't know what they don't know. You're right. Maybe I should middle it plus nine. I don't know. I might take the plus nine, but also I think we have to, we should institute a rule that the Indiana Fever's record is actually their record against the spread. (laughs) Let's not look at the win losses. That's not what's important. Good teams win and great teams cover. I think Indiana can cover a lot this year. That, that is funny. You know, last year when they started out terribly and then in the middle of the season, they finally won some games when they, their start, when they were like one in 14 or whatever, they were also like one in 14 against the spread. They were awful against the spread i don't know what they finished up i think they that number definitely improved a lot but yeah you're right great teams cover i i think they're going to be the garbage time queens of of this season because they're gonna <laughs> they're all they're all 20 they're all going to be running up and down the floor the entire game i think they're going to be the garbage time queens um calvin do you have anything to plug before we uh head out uh no other than spread the floor, the floor. that's it <laughs> All right. All right. Then I'm also plugging spread the floor. So join us over there on the other YouTube channel. The the link for that's going to be in the description for this video so that you guys can easily go over there and and check us out because we're going to be doing hopefully daily videos um, throughout the WNBA season, bringing us picks. 
But here, right here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast and the Her Hoop Stats podcast network, we'll be talking hoops the entire season. So happy opening day, and we will talk to all of y'all very soon. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.